Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. It is really good to be back. I know everybody says that when they're on television or the radio. Uh, We really are. I say we, uh, the automotive team that we have here in the studio. Uh, It's a show all about how to tell you avoiding being ripped off by car dealers. Uh, We tell you what the tricks of the trade are, how car dealers will try to bait and switch you to come in to buy things, service, repairs, new car, used cars, lease cars. Been going on for a long, long time. I guess close to 100 years. Uh, I'm not sure when the dealer, exact date of the dealer network, but it's been close to 100 years. I've been doing this since 1968, so that's over a half a century right there. And my father was in the business before me. Uh, Take it all the way back to Henry Ford, and uh, they used to sell cars directly from the factory, then they came up with the idea of the dealer network, and that's where the trouble began, and that's where we find ourselves. Of all the retail businesses in the world, uh, probably the least regulated, either by actual law or enforcement of law, are car dealers. And it's almost become status quo uh, for a car dealer to survive today is to uh, emulate their competition. If you don't emulate your competition, which means deceptive advertising, bait and switch, then it's really hard to make a living. Uh, there are probably some good guys out there, some good dealers, honest, uh, that either don't know what's going on or if they do, they say, what am I going to do about it? And they just kind of have to look the other way. Well, that doesn't mean you, the consumer, have to uh, follow the rules. You, you make your own rules. Uh, you have the right to choose a dealer that will give you the best price. And we will tell you how to do that. We've been doing this for 17 years uh, right out of this studio. We've uh, been with a different radio station. We're now with uh, another station. But we've been doing it for 17 years. Started out a half an hour show. And now we're up to two hours. So we'll be here right with you until uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time here in South Florida. Most of our mystery shopping, oh, by the way, I almost forgot to mention the highlight of the show, and I always say this, even though you regular listeners have heard it a thousand times or more, uh, the mystery shopping report is something totally unique. You'll never hear anything like it, see anything like it uh, again. We actually go out into the um, dealer bodies of South Florida. We venture sometimes fairly far north. I think we've been to Orlando, Tampa, then down south to Miami. Where? Pensacola. Pensacola. Wow. That's way, way up yeah. there. It's almost to Georgia. That's, so, the, that's the distance record. Sure. Yeah. We, and we've had some remote shops from even out of state from listeners that have called in. And we, uh, we go in and <laughs> we tell it like it is. We name the dealership. We name the salespeople, the managers when they're involved, which is usually... And uh, we tell exactly what happened. If someone, if a car dealer violated Florida law, we say it on the air. We name his name, 
And uh, if we were lying about that or were misinformed or mistaken, it would be liable or slander. It's neither of those because it is the truth. Never been, never been sued. Uh, and uh, I've been threatened, but I've never been sued. Car dealers know, uh, they probably think they can sue me and they call their attorney and the attorney says, well, did you really do that? And he says, well, we, yeah, we might have, but, uh, but, 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 but. And the attorney says, well, listen, if you did it, uh, it's not liable or slander. So that's the reason we're still on the air. That's the reason the radio station's on the air and uh, we haven't been sued. So when you tune in at the uh, last half of the show or last quarter of the show between 9.30 and 10, we'll do the Mr. Shopping Report and uh, you'll see for yourself. Uh, we choose a different, uh, well, we try to use as many different uh, dealerships as we can. We, go, we do go back, we repeat shops because you could shop a dealer today and then six months from now, he's, you know, he's changed, he's gotten better. And we have a list, we have a recommended dealer list and another list that says you better not buy from this dealer. Those two lists are available online at EarlOnCars.com. In fact, just about everything we say in this show and all of the uh, tips we have are nicely consolidated on EarlOnCars.com, www.EarlOnCars.com. We archive our mystery shopping reports. In fact, we had one mystery shopping report archived that was uh, read by a salesperson uh, for, from Ed Morris Honda. And uh, that'll be in our uh, comments later on today. We'll talk about a nice lengthy uh, comment about why we had done a terrible thing by saying such things about Ed Morris Honda. And those are available to you at www.earloncars.com. So you other car salespeople, sales managers, car dealers out there, if you want to argue with me, if you want to text me, call me, uh, my personal cell phone number is available to the world, area code 561-358-1474. And if you don't have your pencil handy, I'm going to give it to you again. Area code 561 358-1474. Call me and uh, look at the mystery shopping reports. We can discuss it or you can text me. Uh, that's, what, uh, that's what we do on this show. So I'm going to uh, go around the room and introduce uh, my team here. Uh, first, uh, this week, I'm going to look at Nancy Stewart, my co-host. And Nancy was the only one that's been with me from the beginning because not only is she my wife, uh, but she's also my co-host and she started 17 years ago with Seaview uh, Radio when it was only a half an hour show. Well, we're, I think we're on Thursdays. Uh, and uh, anyway. Half uh, hour show? Anyway, we will. Saturday morning. Exactly. So Nancy is uh, very special because, first of all, she's a woman. And uh, the women get a raw deal today in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, the world is waking up for a lot of things, uh, ways we mistreat minorities. And, and women are minorities. But... Uh, they are mistreated, and uh, she's an advocate for women, and she built the female audience from practically zero when we started to about 50-50 right now. So, Nancy, it's all yours. Good morning, everyone. Remember that number, 877-960-9960, and again, you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, I'm going to start the morning off by uh, mentioning our Attorney General, Moody. And uh, I have to tell you, folks, the most Ashley. important... I like that name, Ashley. Yes, that's right. That's a nice name. Uh, the most important way to be an advocate is by speaking up. And that leads me to Attorney General Moody, Andrew 
He's on a first-name basis, Ashley. Uh, at uh, any rate, uh, again, speaking up, we do these mystery shopping reports every single week. Uh, we could fill the room, uh, two or three rooms, with uh, the mystery shopping report, but we need your help. In order to change things, uh, we can't do it ourselves. It's just like the encouragement I give uh, the ladies to give us a call. But back to the Attorney General. Um, each state designates an agency to handle consumer complaints of fraud, deception, unfair business, uh, so many things. And typically the state's uh, Attorney General investigates those complaints. If you have been the victim of fraud or deception, you go right to the complaint department and hopefully your complaint will be read and heard and revised. And you can download so the complaint form can, at EarlOnCars.com. You can go there and we have a complaint form to the Florida State Attorney General's office. And uh, I'm holding it up right here. And that's what I was about to mention. But the recovering car dealer's right on it this morning. He wants your help. Please go to Earl on Cars, download this complaint form, help us. We want to start, well, doing some mystery shopping reports that are going to knock your socks off. And the way to do that is for Ashley Moody, the Attorney General, to hear from us. Okay, moving right along here, we have got uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. So don't forget, take advantage of that and remain anonymous. Also. First two lady callers this morning, you're going to win yourself $50. Yes, $50. I know you can use it, so give us a call. The first two new lady callers at 877-960-9960. And now we are going to go to Howard, who's calling us from Jupiter, who is a regular. No, I will take small one. There's the smallest. Hello? Are you there, Howard? Yes, I'm here. Good, I can hear you now. We You're on the air. Okay, and uh, keep safe, people, and uh, I hope everything is okay. So uh, far. Now, my question uh, to Rick. Is Rick there? Yep, right here. Okay. Uh, Drivetrain, okay? Uh, are the, uh, the, the, the boots, uh, the CV boots, covered under the drivetrain? Yes, they are. Five years, 60,000 miles on a Toyota. Hey, Rick, why don't you do this for us? Because you guys are, Howard is very, very uh, knowledgeable about mechanical things, and you are too. Uh, I'm not really sure what a CV boot is, and probably 90% of our audience isn't either. So kind of explain a little bit as this thing gets into the high uh, technology. Not a problem. Basically, the engine and transmission have two axles that come out either side of the transaxle and they'll go to each of the front wheels. Brief and simple. So those two axles have to be able to spin and the wheels have to turn left and right so they have very special joints at each end that have a big rubber boot around it to keep them full of grease. Uh. That way they can spin fluidly and smoothly and those rubber boots are what he's asking about is called a CV boot uh -huh. because the joint is actually called a CV joint or a constant velocity joint. Okay, so the CV boot keeps the uh, wheels uh, keeps all the grease in, the metal, in that in the metal joint. Part. Yeah, yep. oh, very good. Okay, go ahead, Howard. Okay, now I I, I think uh, Rick knows uh, about the split uh, boot. Uh, years ago, uh, when we didn't have uh, enough money, you know, and uh, we couldn't afford anything, we used to buy a split boot. 
uh, at uh, one of the uh, stores that, you know, you couldn't get in the dealer, so you'd have to get it at Pet Boys. And you yep. get underneath, and the, you grease the uh, joint, and you put the split food on now. Do they sell them anymore? No, because they were a horrible idea. Uh, basically, the the picture of these boots is looking something like a short, very wide ice cream cone. And the boot has to be able to flex all different directions being made of rubber. But now imagine that they take, and instead of having it sealed all nice and tight, and a big metal clamp around each end of it, the small end and the large end, they actually cut it down one side so that you can simply wrap it back around the axle without taking anything apart and then put it back together with these little screws. And it did not work for anything. They, they were great for a very temporary fix, but that's it. I answer your question, Howard? Yeah, I, I use it as emergency. Uh, and uh, fortunately, it was never, you know, I never used it because I didn't have an emergency. But uh, they were very cheap. And uh, I, I did. You're right. A lot of people that were using them, they didn't last. So, you know, that answers my question. Next question and last question. I'm going up to uh, New York, and uh, I want to know uh, exactly how, uh, how much air should I put on my tires. Uh, what would you say? I add 5 pounds, 10 pounds, or what? Now, my recommendation is look on the sidewall of the tire and find out what the maximum safe rating amount is for those tires which most of them are going to be about 35 pounds and run that amount the tires the maximum maximum mine is 40. yeah i I would i would run the 40. you'll get much better fuel economy and better tire wear it might be a little bit rougher ride but you probably won't even notice the difference by dropping tire pressure but you will see a difference in fuel economy and a difference in your tire wear that's a good tip. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. And next time, I'll be calling you from uh, the Bronx. Sounds good. Drive there you, carefully. There you go. Take care, Howard. We love hearing from Bye. you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. You know, whenever Rick was talking about the grease and how it keeps all the joints going and all this other, I related to a synovial fluid. And that's what we have in our bodies. I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Hmm. I'm always thinking medical. <laughs> that's funny because is that with a C and a V in there? Uh, synovial fluid, S. Ah, uh, oh well. So it's SV fluid. That's why. <laughs> Rick, yeah. let me ask you a question. When uh, Howard's driving and he wants to be sure he has the 40 pounds, which is what is the maximum pressure mm-hmm. stamped on the side of his tire, he um, measures that when he fills it up when the tires are cold, right? Right. You want to have the tires sit for at least half an hour so that they cool down because temperature and pressure are directly related. Now that leads me to my next question. They must clearly state, the tire manufacturer, that the maximum load in this tire is measured when the tire is cold. So that means that actually technically you're exceeding the maximum, but it's not really because they define it as the tire when it's cold. Again, not to just turn this into a, a theoretical thing, but I, that's the way my uh, demented mind works sometimes. If I'm in <laughs> Death Valley and it's 120 degrees, and I've got my car that I measured when I was home and it was uh, 70 degrees in my garage, mm-hmm. and I put in 40 pounds of air and I take it out to Death Valley and I do 120, uh, 
I can, I can easily see the temperature, the, the pressure rising way, way, way up there, but is that accounted for and taken into consideration by the manufacturer? It is. Okay. They always build a nice big safety margin in there. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, let's, uh, we haven't introduced Stu Stewart, who is my son and uh, the general manager of my car dealership in full disclosure. I do have a car dealership, but this is not an infomercial. You will not hear us say anything about selling you a car. Uh, matter of fact, we get embarrassed sometimes when people call up and you know, talk about that because we know the competition and the dealers out there are accusing us of being disingenuous. Uh, this is a consumer advocacy show, and uh, you can, uh, I swore on the Bible, that's the truth. Uh, Stu is also the head of our cyber undercover division, Mystery Shopping Reports, and that is the highlight of the show. And uh, Stu, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Uh, well, I mean, you already mentioned I'm the, the Spy Master General, and that's the most interesting and fun part of, uh, of my role um, here. Um, but the other thing that's really cool is as we've kind of got the word spread out and we've gotten more attention and more uh, viewers on YouTube, um, you know, we are an international. Some people quibble with some of the countries we've cited, but we have Bali. So Bali. as long as we have Bali... Bali, um, hi. Exactly. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> was that a Bob Hope movie? Couldn't help it. Huh? Was that a Bob Hope movie? No, it was a, a South Pacific. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Bloody yeah. Mary. Everything right. before the mid 70s becomes <laughs> yeah. a blur to me. Okay. Um, no, but we get a lot of comments and we got a lot of correspondence that comes in from all around uh, the world and the country. And so we get these, even when we're not on the show, we get a lot of comments that come in on YouTube and, and Facebook and we get questions. We try to address them on the show. And it just makes me feel good that we have this, uh, this, the reach that's going out there. Uh, the majority of the uh, comments that we get are um, a lot of thank yous for um, the, the, the advice that we gave, and it worked for them. So when we see uh, somebody make a comment like, uh, you know, your advice on your show last week, you know, saved me $1,000 or, or yeah, yeah. prevented my mom from getting ripped off, um, it really feels good and it reaffirms the mission that we're on and, mm -hmm. and the, the good that we're trying to do. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but there was a comment that came in on YouTube last week that we're going to address on the show today, and uh, I can't wait for that. We've been asking for, uh, we like critics too. I mean, it's nice to get the, yeah. the fawning adulation because, you know, it's, it's, well, we're, we're like human. car dealers <laughs> and we like people in the business because yeah. they're so timid and they're reluctant and it takes a lot of courage. So we'll get to this later, but the young man that called in was a, was a car salesman and he really lambasted us for a mystery shopping report we did on his dealership. We'll talk about it later, but I don't want the, the, I hope he's listening and I hope he listens to the show now because it was courageous. We don't think he's a bad person. We think he is misinformed. It's a cultural thing and uh, we will address it respectfully. So any of you other folks out there that work for car dealers, we'd love to hear from you and we will not attack you in any way, shape or form. The only, the only, I'm going to attack you if you, if you try to lie about something or if you get profane or nasty, but I'm not, I, I'd love to hear your opinion, honest opinion, and we'd love to have that on the show. We, we're not always right, and we make a mistake, we want to hear about it. All the time. We get corrected, and then yeah. we do our best to yeah. um, uh, correct it. That's the difference between um, anybody with a, um, a different kind of agenda. I mean, listen, we do say that we're a uh, studio full of experts. Uh, but we haven't seen it all because um, we get surprised every week as, as evidenced by the mystery shopping report. I didn't know what a CVS yeah. uh, boot was. So. Uh, I did. Okay. Well. But, you know. Okay. Like that's, I said. that's good. Yeah. I have, one at, I have one in my closet. Does that count? I think that's a uh, orthopedic <laughs> boot. I think yours was from Walgreens. 
Did that's Nancy, it. Okay, did, folks. Did Nancy Sinatra wear CVS boots? I don't think so. They weren't made but for walking. <laughs> okay. Oh, they were made for rolling. <laughs> okay, folks, um, I mentioned earlier about the Attorney General. And don't forget, you can go to Earl on Cars and download the complaint form that you can fill out. And you heard the conversation just now. Stu was talking, you know, about response and responses from all of you. And it's really quite uh, rewarding uh, because we're helping each other. But you would also be a huge help if you were to go to Earl on Cars, download that uh, complaint, send it to off to the attorney general. She holds a lot of power. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6500. Three zero, and we're going to go to Bob, who's been holding patiently from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bob. Yes, good morning, and thank you for for your help. Well, I called you last week, and I I asked your advice. I have I don't drive anymore. Mm. I gave up my driver's license. Yeah. I have a a Honda. It's out. Uh, it's a 2003 a Honda Odyssey, right. and it has only 77,000 miles on, and most of these miles are highway miles. I used to go out west every summer and spent two, three months out west, you know, fishing and whatever I did, you know, uh-huh. camping. And you told me last week to call you. I, wanna, I have to sell that car. Right. I gave up my license. And I have a temporary, uh, I, I, whatever, identification card now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what do you suggest? Well, there's uh, uh, different ways uh, that we can uh, uh, sell cars. It's uh, the most difficult way is try to retail it, Bob. And uh, the problem is you have to expose yourself to a lot of people out there that might not be uh, uh, genuine buyers and people that are trying yeah, to take I advantage. Yeah, I try to avoid that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best way uh, to sell a car today, and it's really a good situation uh, with online becoming such a almost standard operating procedure. To I, I have to I have to admit I'm completely illiterate, co- computer illiterate. Well, I have a telephone and that's it. Well, a lot, a lot of people you. are, and uh, but I bet you've got some uh, friends, kids, grandkids, uh, people I out there. I have a daughter. Yes. Well, I would uh, I would ask your daughter to. Uh, to uh, call uh, the following uh, companies, online companies for starters, and you online get companies. online companies. And uh, uh, I'll go slow. Uh, one of the most well please, known. Please do that. Yeah. One of the most because well. I'm writing it down. Right. Uh, Carmax, uh, C-A-R-M-A-X, and uh, Carmax. Yeah. Yeah. There's the closest one. Uh, where, where do you uh, live? In West Palm Beach, the south end of West Palm Beach. Oh, I good. used to be a customer of yours when you were. Oh, that's right. On Velvet. On, yeah. yeah. Yeah, CarMax is on I-95 in Boynton, and so yes. uh, she could. Yeah, she, I know where that is. She yeah. could. She could email them, describe the car, and, uh, they, and then she would have to drive the car for them to physically inspect it. It always has to be physically inspected. But uh, yes, uh, yeah, the, I, I I sold the car there. My mother-in-law, oh. uh, when she died, and then I, yeah. I sold the car there, you know, I had to go down there. Yeah, CarMax is an honest company. They're publicly owned, and uh, they 
Uh, if you want to buy a used car, you can do a lot worse than buy one there. But what they're almost as famous for is buying cars. And they'll give you a five-day fixed, you know, they'll give you the price, and it'll be good for five days. And it's legitimate. Uh, uh, when I say legitimate, if they need your car, of uh, that type of car, I uh, think they can make money on it, they'll give you a higher price. If they don't need your car, they'll give you a lower price. So that's the reason you go to other sources as well. The other one, and I'm going to give you this, you can write this down. Okay. Car Carvana, C-A-R-V-A-N-A. C-A-R, what? V is in Victor, A is in Apple, N is November, A is in Apple. A as in, uh, Carvana. C-A-R-V is in Victor, A. Oh, Victor. Yeah, Victor. Carvana. And they're doing a lot of advertising. Uh, and your daughter can go to Carvana.com, that's uh, the website, and uh, she can describe the car to them. Uh, they will send an agent out to inspect the car and write you out a check right there. So uh, uh, that's another source. So you've got CarMax and you've got Carvana. Now, the other Carvana, one... Carvana, Carvana. Right. Okay. Carvana. Carvana, car, Carvana. Right. Okay, and and she can find she's very computer. I mean, she's literate, not 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 like me. Completely <laughs> illiterate. And I'll give you Bob. I'll give you one more, and this is easier to uh, write down because it's real simple. We buy any car. We buy any yeah, car. Okay. dot com. We buy any we car. Buy, okay. Uh, buy. We buy any car dot com. Any car, any car, okay. Yeah. All right. And, she, and so she, these these numbers are on the internet or whatever. They are, yeah. As a matter of fact, she has happened to be here. She lives in Gainesville. Oh great. She happens to be here because I have a medical treatment. I understand. I have my eyes whatever. Well you tell your daughter to call me if she has any more questions and uh, she can reach me directly uh, uh, at five six one three five eight. One four seven four. I'm writing this down. Five six one. Three five eight. Three five eight. One four seven four. Fourteen seventy four. Nine four. One four seven four. Oh, one four. Seven four. Four seven four. Right. Okay. I yeah. thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome, Bob. Good luck, and, and uh, as I say, to have your daughter call me, we'll help her any way we can. We can, we can even give her a, a bid on the car ourselves if she brings it into my dealership. But I'd start with uh, those three sources: Carvana, CarMax, yes. and CarMax. We buy any car and right. car. Uh, we buy any car. car. Dot com. Car, car. Yeah, buy a car. Yeah. Bob, good luck. Uh, call, call again uh, next week. You. We'd love to see how you made out. Yeah, we love All hearing right, from okay. you, Bob. Good luck. Thank you. Give, I need it. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate it. You're, you're welcome. Give us a call next week. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. That's how you can get in touch with us. Give us a call. Questions, complaints, voice your opinion, whatever. And you can also text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero zero, and don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, I think we cut you off there, Stu. You were talking about uh, the mystery shopping reports, or 
Um, I was just talking about how good I feel about our noble and wholesome yeah. mission. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I was just saying that I, I love that we're getting our um, the word out there. I'm glad that people it's resonating, and I'm glad that it's actually helping people. Yeah. And um, so I said that's the two sides of my job here. One is a, um, a mischievous, <laughs> even though it's for good. I kind of I enjoy kind of mixing it up and uh, and doing the mystery shopping reports. But clearly, the, you know, the most rewarding part of the show is is actually knowing, finding out when we when we help people. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's the, the, frustra the frustration we have is with um, the regulators and uh, with the legislators. Yeah, we need help. And uh, uh, we need help. It's, you know, it's we're, we're international, as Stu said earlier, and people all over the United States, certainly. And then we go all the way to Bali and uh, Canada and uh, Australia. Australia. I forgot about Australia. So uh, South Florida and Florida in general is probably... And I, I won't say probably, I say it is the most unregulated state in terms of uh, ethics, uh, honesty, uh, <clears throat> certainly regulation by the attorney general, uh, by the, the uh, consumer affairs groups. Uh, there just doesn't seem to be anyone that really uh, controls the car dealers. And if you're, if you're new to the show, I'm going to tell you just one example of what I'm talking about. There are hidden fees that all car dealers in the world charge. In fact, there are hidden fees that uh, rental car companies charge, that airlines charge. Hidden fees are attacked often by the media, very rarely to, for car dealers. Uh, they'll attack them for rental companies, they'll attack them for uh, airlines, they love to attack the airlines, the baggage fee and things like that. You buy a ticket and then suddenly that's not the whole price because you got to pay for this, you got to pay for uh, an aisle seat, you have to pay for a baggage because you brought a little bag on. Used to be, used to be weight. But anyway, the car dealers get a, a blank check. They just don't get uh, held accountable. So in Florida, as opposed to any place else in the world, there is no limit to the hidden fees that a car dealer can add. I, I choke when I say that. I mean, are you attorneys out there listening? Are you legislators out there? Regulators, listen to what I'm saying. A car dealer could charge a million dollar hidden fee if he could get away with it. And the only reason they don't is because they can't get away with it. They don't have any limit on the amount of hidden fees. California has a limit, $75. Other states, $25, $50, $100. Florida, no limit. Also, Florida has no limit on the number of hidden fees. In California, they have one fee. Uh, it's called a, uh, I think they call it a dock fee in California. Correct me. We have California so, listening. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I think it's $75. Maybe it's $100. Maybe it's $50. But it's a controlled thing. So when you go into a car dealership in California, everybody does the same thing. So you consider it part of the price of the car. It's there. They're not going to take it off. It's legal. And, but it's quantified. And it's not hidden. It's right there in front of you, okay? In Florida, you can have as many different dealer fees as you want. You can have as much as you want for each one. I know of a dealer in uh, Coconut Creek that charges uh, close to $3,000. We're pushing three k yeah. Yeah, close to $3,000. And there's probably dealers that even do higher than that. These are just the ones we know about. Now, I said in California they name it a dock fee. In all the other states, they have to call it what it is. Dealer fee, dock fee, they, you know, whatever they want to call it. Uh, a service fee, call it whatever they want. In Florida, you call it anything you want. You call it uh, 
uh, tag agency fee, and they, they call it electronic filing fee. They call it an administrative fee. And so by calling it anything they want, they can keep changing the name. Car dealers out there, used to be called dealer fees. Car dealers out there will advertise now, we do not charge a dealer fee. Why? Well, they're lying because they're charging another fee by a different name, which is the same thing as a dealer fee. It's a hidden fee. So uh, they got, we, we have to have some attorneys out there. Why don't, I'd love to have one call from one attorney just to call and say, how is this possible? How, or a regulator, let's have a, let's have a, somebody from the state attorney's office or. Well, how, how about having just show some interest? I mean, even imperfect solutions yeah. like capping the fee yeah. in California, obviously somebody paid attention to that at some point and, and passed a law or made a regulation in the DMV code. Um, North Carolina, we know a dealer up there that told us um, they, there was a big push on litigation on dealer fees, and they, they reacted this terrible solution. But basically, they had to justify the cost. Another, if they said if a dealer fee was to cover uh, paperwork processing, they yeah. actually had to measure the time, calculate the wages, yeah. and then come up with a justifiable fee. Yeah. It's still BS, but yeah, at least it's, it's something. It's, yeah, it's still deception, but yeah. it's at least educated yeah. deception. This is totally uneducated, open, wild, wild west. Uh, it's complete neglect. By, what what by they the call the, the fight? The th fights when they there's no rules. It's uh, a melee. Bare melee. knuckle brawls. Yeah, bare knuckle brawl, melee. Yeah, that's what it's a melee. Riot. We have melee here. So, okay, uh, folks, it's the wild, wild west. Yes, yeah, so I, I think I, Rick's got a YouTube over here. And I just want to mention real quick. I have a phone number. Uh, the, another way to get in touch with uh, and Attorney General, and that's eight five zero four one four. Three three zero zero, and I'll be mentioning that throughout the show. And you can download that complaint form, or on cars. Now back to Stu or to Rick. Hi, uh, Mark Ryan is asking. He says, "We received our insurance renewal and do not feel that Nationwide is on my side any longer." Hmm. He says, "Do you have experience with the plug-in tracking devices to lower your insurance rates? Any risk on using?" the OBD port for this device. Now the, the OBD port that he mentions is the little plug under the dash for onboard diagnostic that a technician will plug a computer in to pull the codes from your car, talk to your car. Uh -huh. A lot of these insurance companies are giving you these little boxes oh, I didn't know that, that plug in progressive nationwide and they, they track how you're driving your car and it sends this information back to the insurance company and the idea is that there, if you are a safe driver and can prove it by the way you drive with this little box, it will reduce your insurance rates. Here's the drawback on those. They're not selling them, they're giving them to you. All right. Therefore, they're not very expensively made little items. Uh -huh. They're made by the cheapest of the cheapest of the cheapest that they can find uh -huh. and Quite often, I have seen several cases of cars coming in with some extremely weird issues because these units short out, oh. very cheaply made, and of course they break very easily inside. And if they short, they're connecting directly into the data stream cables going right to the computers of your car. Oh, so what you're plugging in is a 20 cent device that could possibly cause bad effects in your computer. 
Oh, well, I am very well, leery of those. Wouldn't the insurance company be responsible for that? Ah, but see, they'll have you sign little waivers with all the little fine print that says they're not responsible for anything when they hand those to you. Hmm. I, uh, I'd like to see one of those disclaimers. I find that uh, hard to believe. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can come up with this yeah. information, but yeah. I do know that we have had several cases where I have chased a problem around and around and around, yeah. only to come to find out that when the customer arrived at the dealership, they unplugged that little device and put it in their center console yeah. because they didn't, you know, didn't want to block up the port where they yeah. knew I'd have to plug in without them really realizing that they had just taken the problem yeah. and put the problem away, and now the car worked perfectly, and when they got back in the car and they plugged that thing in, all the problems came back. Mm. Okay, so it wasn't a mm. permanent damage, it was temporary right. when you unplugged it. Okay, that's right. Good. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, that's good to hear. Okay, folks, uh, we're gonna go to Steve, who's calling us from uh, New Jersey. We just heard from Howard, he's heading to Brooklyn, and you and I just finished The Sopranos. Hmm. I gotta go home and make some sauce. Okay, Steve. Some gravy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good morning, Steve. Hi. Um, I'm a longtime texter, a longtime listener, but first time caller. Um, Earl, I have to uh, thank you for uh, receiving uh, my email during the week. And uh, do you mind if I were to go over my buying experience with my vo- my Volvo? No, that's fine, Steve. I appreciate it. You're. Uh, uh, you're one of my uh, consumer heroes because you you were persistent, uh, you're intelligent and articulate, and yeah. you fought the good fight, and you won. So I'm proud of you. I'd love to hear, hear the story. Great. Thanks. Well, uh, I started off about a year and a half ago with my uh, new car research, and my needs were pretty specific. Um, my wife has a serious back uh, issue, and um, we wanted to use the car for long-distance driving to visit our family and friends. So... I needed to make sure that I could get a new car that was uh, um, comfortable, very comfortable to drive in, as well as uh, obviously safe. And I also wanted to avail myself of, of um, as much as I could, and what made sense to me at least, uh, all of the different technologies that are now available for uh, accident avoidance and uh and if you were to be in an accident, you know, safety. Yeah, Volvo's um, got a great reputation for that. Yeah, but, you know, um, Volvo used to be a differentiator in safety, but I think there's an awful lot now of car manufacturers that are probably on par, on par with them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and, and so when I started doing my research, I really didn't, lim- didn't limit myself to any type of vehicle. But there's also one other interesting factor. My wife is about four foot ten, <laughs> so she's a little, you know, height challenge too. And so you might assume when I started looking at uh, SUVs, which are the most prevalent things in the market, it was kind of hard for her to get in and out of those. Sure. Um, so that led me to uh, look at, at cars more than anything, which I prefer anyway. I like the drive of a car as opposed to an SUV. I don't feel comfortable in an SUV. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other issue I have is sometimes I have to transport things, and, including sometimes her wheelchair. And so I needed to have something that uh, I could easily put in whatever vehicle I bought. So to make a long story short, I, I probably test rode 15 cars. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and many are actually are not that, were not that comfortable for us. And then the ones that were, 
um, I had issues with just putting a wheelchair in, in the back, mm-hmm. which then led me further to uh, decide that I wanted to get a station wagon. And most of the station wagons in the United States are really these crossovers, which are relatively tall. They're almost like SUVs, and it would have made it more difficult for me to put a wheelchair slipping in the back and my wife climbing into the car and things like that. Plus, I didn't like the drive of it. So ultimately, it it, it whittled down to just a a regular station wagon, an old-time American station wagon. They're a dying breed. Right. Uh, And there's only two really out in the market, uh, soon to be only one, and that was the E-Class station wagon, which is very expensive, and the Volvo station wagon, which Mm -hmm. is somewhat expensive but not nearly as much. Uh, Next year, uh, Mercedes is going to change, and their uh, E-Class station wagon is actually going to be more of a crossover very similar to the Subaru. Mm-hmm. So next year, there will only be one station wagon left. But anyway, with all that said, so I narrowed my research down, and I used uh, uh, Nancy's tool. Um, I modified it, but I basically sent it out to five Volvo dealers, asked for their um, out-the-door price, and to help them along on that, I actually defined what the outdoor price <laughs> was. <laughs> and even with that, right? I, I still got a couple of dealers that... Um, you know, that, that would say, well, you know, if you, you know, to throw in incentives that I didn't qualify for and things like that. But eventually I, I used that tool, plus I um, contacted Costco, uh, auto buying program, and TrueCar. So I knew uh, by the time I uh, found a dealer with a good price um, that I was comfortable with that price. Mm-hmm. The other things I did, though, was I researched the... Um, uh, YouTube, I read a lot about the cars, uh, IHS, all the different things about safety and, and whatnot. Uh, I even looked at, um, researched the dealers for ratings and litig- any litigation they might have gone through. And so I knew by the time I, I picked this dealer, this was the right one for me. Steve, if, I had, a metal, I, picked, if I had uh, a consumer medal to award, <laughs> I would like to depend on you. You really, <laughs> really are the perfect uh, car buyer. If I could have all the people Absolutely. in my audience be as sharp as you are when you're yeah. buying, uh, I would be a happy man. And, Steve, we're going to put your picture in the Consumer Report. <laughs> <laughs> my, my goal in life when I make some major purchases is I make them as, as informed as I can, but then if I make the decision, I don't look back. I don't second-guess myself. So I'd rather be... Uh, aware of what's going on, and then just make the decision. Mm-hmm. This particular dealer had the only litigation I could find was back to 2001 where uh, an unemployed um, uh, lawyer decided that he was going <laughs> to um, uh, put some fraudulent information on his uh, application to get a car and then wow. uh, then shortly thereafter say he couldn't afford the car and then sue the dealer for false advertisement or something like that, which they threw out. Wow. So it was almost comical. So anyway, with all that said, I, I ordered the car back in in, um, in February of this year, and the reason I ordered it is this particular station wagon that I got, the only way you can get it is a factory order. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually widely bought in the United States. And even in February of this year, there were only five of this particular car that actually were delivered mm-hmm. in the United States. But it suits our, my needs, and that's what I'm happy about. Anyway, so February, I waited, and they said, we'll probably come in in May, and it came in more or less in the middle of May. So I checked on the car when the dealer was closed, as we live in New Jersey, the coronavirus and whatnot, and uh, lo and behold, everything looked to be there except for the wheels. Now, these wheels are not cheap. They're like $750 a piece. Wow. And they, they, 
make a long story short, the salesman that I ordered it from, and I have the signed order form, in their dealership, that form is given to a different salesman who then actually keys it into the computer system, and mm-hmm. that person keyed it in wrong. Right. And so when I received the car and I noticed that the wheels were incorrect, I told them, I'm not accepting the car the way it is. I'll only accept it if the rims I ordered are put on it. And if you, if you won't or can't do that, then I want my deposit back, which was $1,000. But I actually wanted the car, but I wanted it under those circumstances. Well, look how long you had to wait, of course. I mean, you had to go yeah. through this again, you'd be... You'd be an old guy before you ever got the car, so I don't blame you for, for being well, upset. Well, it actually would have been worse because of the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were two huge incentives that were uh, available to me as long as I picked the car up in May or June. That's right. A $2,000 incentive from Costco and then another $1,000 incentive from, from Volvo. Mm-hmm. And so with all that together with the original deal I had, my... Um, my net cost to purchase the car would have had a discount of about 13.2%, which for a brand-new car is pretty good. It is damn good, yeah. And um, so I would have lost those incentives if I didn't pick up the car. And quite frankly, this car really isn't going to be modified that much for the next model year of 2021. And actually in 2021, as I said earlier, the only car, true station wagon, I'd be able to get in the United States would have been that particular car, because the E-Class is, is changing. I so um, I went back and forth. I waited a week for finally the, 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 the ordering um, uh, uh, salesman to tell me that they did it incorrectly, but all he did was offer the disc, the, uh, a, a slight discount on the car mm-hmm. or get my money back. He didn't really make any effort to get the wheels, which I thought was strange, because it, it didn't ring true to everything I've had researched about this dealership. Well, make a long story short, and I'm sorry to you know take up so much of your time. Not at all. The this dealer, is very important. The owner, the owner actually knew about the issue at some point in time mm-hmm. and had instructed the salesman to get the wheels for me. Mm-hmm. And he had thought it was all done. So another week transpired, and that hadn't happened. So finally, I had researched, and I found the dealer's name and contact information. Mm-hmm. So I emailed them. I emailed this person, and I basically said, unless you get back to me in a few days, this is what I'm going to post on my Volvo owners' forums, and I, I belong to some car enthusiast groups and things like that, just to let you know so that you know this isn't going to be good press for you. Right. <laughs> so he immediately went back to the salesman, and, and he, by the way, the owner told me this eventually. Um, and um, then at that point, when he found out to do wheels were in order, he immediately ordered them on, on Friday afternoon, and they came in uh, rush delivery the next Wednesday. Well, so Steve, I have in my car right now that's great. my car, the way I ordered it, and it looks great. <laughs> well, see, see the, uh, you know, the thing that you, you proved um, uh, for our audience and, and reinforced for me Oftentimes, the owners of these dealerships, the top dog, whether he's a general manager or a vice president, or hopefully in this case is the actual owner. When you he get was. Through, he most, was. Most of these people are not bad people. They, uh, they're, they're, they're careless, and they hire people. I do the same thing. I'm a car dealer, and I've got people working for me. I had a problem the other day. I had a complaint, uh, and I won't go into the detail, but we really dropped the ball. And... Uh, they were the, the the guy knew to call me, and I'm open to my customers. 
and I was able to make it right. But if I hadn't been there, it wouldn't have happened. And uh, all the folks listening to Steve uh, in this conversation, if you can possibly, when you have an issue that you butt heads with the, the salesman, the sales manager, or even the factory sometimes, the manufacturer, if you can get through to the owner, there's a really good chance, not always, but first of all, it's hard to get through. And, uh, and Steve, even it, it Steve, was. Yeah, it was hard to get through. But if, when you do, you usually get satisfaction. Yeah. And the one thing, well, a couple of things I learned from my whole um, uh, process through this, because I thought I was pretty thorough. I checked all the boxes, but there's two I didn't check. <laughs> and if I ever order a new car again, I will do this. One is I signed a paper order form which listed everything that I wanted in that car because it was a special order. Right. However, that form has to get keyed into a computer system. Mm-hmm. And so what I would insist on if I ever ordered another car again is after they key that information into a computer system, I would want a printout of what they keyed in so I can match it up with my order. You know, that's a great advice. Well, and right I, at the I, beginning that yeah. something was wrong. I never thought about that. And See, that's you added something to the show because I've never recommended that for before. A lot of cars are, that are ordered are, as you say, keyed in and computerized, and you get a keystroke mistake and you never know about it till it's too late. Right. Well, and in my case, and for certain cars, it can take months and months to get them. Three, four months is not a problem for some of these cars. Exactly. So you'd rather find out the problem early rather than later. And the second thing I would say is, I, if I had to do it over again, I would visit the dealership and actually meet the owner mm-hmm. and shake their hand. Yeah. Great <laughs> and idea. actually develop a relationship with that owner beforehand because you never know when you might need that. Exactly. That, is, that again, is something I have. I've recommended this in the past, but I'm going to start recommending it again. When you buy a vehicle, at that time, you haven't bought yet, you haven't signed on the dotted line, you're on the verge, and you thank everybody and they thank you. Say, one thing I'd like to do, I'd like to meet the boss, the owner. And if he's not here, then make a time to meet him. Once you have that face-to-face, it's almost a psychological bonding thing. When someone looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, of course, we can't do that during the coronavirus, but you know what I'm talking about, then, uh, yeah. you know, and you get a cell phone number. I say, what I do, I'll say, here's my cell phone number, may I have yours? And that way it's awfully hard for them to refuse you. Uh, and I think that's a great suggestion, Steve. I'll tell you what, you get the Congressional Medal of Honor for consumerism yeah, as far you. as I'm concerned. <laughs> for sure. And I, I'll tell you, after this, I mean, I have no animosity towards the dealership. It was really yeah. the, uh, the salesman that didn't care. The yeah. owner was the nicest person, and yeah. I could see with this coronavirus um, all the financial pressures that he's under and all that. And I was sensitive to that, too, because, quite yeah. frankly, the need I had for this car isn't as great now as it was before because... There's so much restricted travel, and yeah. with my wife with the pre-existing conditions, you know, we have to be very careful. So realistically, I won't extensively start using this car for about another year, year and a half yeah. anyway. But I, I didn't want, it, a contract's a contract to me, and I didn't want to leave the dealer in a lurch because I knew this particular car, while it was great for me, it's also unique, and chances are good. It might have sat on his lot for six months to 12 months before he could sell it. 
Steve, we got we're Meanwhile, gonna, we're eating gonna, away, we, you know, have, at his profit. We have and to he move admitted on. that to me. We have to Thank move you, along Steve. here, but I would like you, if you can do this, if you will do this, can you give us the name of the dealer and the location? Because we want to recommend this guy uh, if people yeah. want to buy a Volvo. Would you mind doing that? Absolutely. A Red Bank Volvo. Red Bank Volvo located where? New Jersey. Okay, Red Bank Volvo. Uh, I think he's a third-generation family-owned Volvo dealer, one of the oldest uh, owned, uh, longest owned uh, Volvo dealerships, I think, in, in North America, as I recall. Well, if you want to buy a Volvo and you're in the New York, New Jersey area, yeah. that's where you go. And they, they're honest. And also, and also the salesman that I dealt with that was really great was Gerard, J-E-R-A-R-D. He was fantastic. Gerard. He really ask, helped me. Ask for Gerard at Red Bank Volvo. There and, you go. Uh, yeah. that's, thank you very much, Stephen. Call again. I uh, love to hear from you. Yeah, what a when great you have story, Steve. to call the show. Thank and you so much. And thanks for all your help. You're, You're very welcome. welcome. Thanks for all your help. I like the part where you go to Erlon Cars and download that affidavit. You know, the out-the-door price. <laughs> uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, we've got the Mystery Shopping Report coming up, and it is from Edmore's Honda. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, text, uh, YouTube's, how are we doing? Anonymous feedback, we got it all. Let's do it. Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, we had a few that came in while we were, uh, when we finished up the show. I will tell you. Yikes. Okay, here's one. It says, the dealership does steal your money um, and your trade-in. Wait, I'm not sure this makes sense. The dealership does not steal your money nor your trade-in. You voluntarily completed the transaction without first consulting your experts, Earl Stewart, Kevin Hunter, and Steve Leto, Earl's younger brother from another mother. <laughs> so that was a compliment. Um, okay. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. A lot of businesses like Amazon have taken a stand on the side of justice and made statements in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Will you be making a statement with your position on behalf of your company? Uh, yeah, we, um, uh, I think we, we make a statement by the way we conduct ourselves and uh, uh, we, uh, I don't want to get into a, um, any kind of a political uh, controversy. Uh, at our dealership, we think that we sell. You know, when you're in the retail business, uh, in my opinion, uh, you have to deal with all walks of life, different political opinions, different uh, intelligence, different uh, uh, you know uh, levels of morality and ethics. Uh, uh, retailers, unfortunately, uh, to be successful, uh, even the great retailers like Apple, uh, Target, uh, Walmart. Uh, they can't uh, call their customers and say, we're only going to sell products to people that agree with our political philosophies and our moral and ethical philosophy. So I try to keep my politics and my ethics and my morality uh, to myself, except for it's the way I sell cars. And we try to sell cars totally honestly. And anybody, we welcome anybody to come and buy a car from us, no matter what their personal beliefs are. That's right. Okay, um, I have another anonymous uh, feedback. I have a 2009 Kia Optima with about 107,000 miles. My owner's manual says to use conventional oil and change it every 7,500 miles or 12 months. I've been doing the, these intervals with conventional oil, and the car still runs well. Okay, I think that might have come out when we were talking about the uh, 
uh, synthetic oil versus conventional oil. And um, what I think what we said was um, you follow the guidelines in your uh, vehicle's recommended maintenance. So I have a feeling, and I don't know for sure, that uh, maybe an 09 Kia required or called for conventional oil, and it seems to be working mm -hmm. just fine. And I think also Rick said that you're not going to hurt your car. I think if you put conventional oil in a car that calls for synthetic, it's not going to hurt the vehicle. It just won't be optimal. It won't hurt it, but you should switch your uh, oil change intervals to a much lower number if you're going from synthetic to conventional. The main thing you need to do, though, is make sure that you're not getting the wrong weight of oil, the viscosity. If your car calls for 0W20, 0W20 is only available as a synthetic oil. Okay. Same thing for the new 0W16. Okay. All right. Uh, also, for, uh, this came a couple of days after our show last week. It says the May 30th show. Mm -hmm. That was last week. Introduction too long. Need more time for Stu. Yeah, I sent this one in. Just kidding. Need more time for Stu <laughs> to catch up on missed incognito and text messages from the last seven weeks. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. While you're looking, uh, you got a YouTube over here, don't yep. you, Rick? Peter Mary's asking... I'm looking to buy a Dodge Charger with the Scat Pack. Any help on purchasing it would help tremendously. Well, I don't know what a Scat Pack is, but I know what a Dodge Charger is. I, uh, the only thing I would say is, uh, uh, like any other vehicle, you have to have uh, several bids. And I say this over and over on this show, competition is your best friend. If you go into one car dealership and you buy from that car dealership without talking to any other car dealerships, you probably paid too much money. In fact, yep. you, you, you did pay too much money. What you have to do is you have to get at least three uh, Dodge dealers, and you have to get a out-the-door price, that's the price you write the checkout for, hand it to the salesman, and drive that Dodge Charger home. And when you have three out-the-door prices from three different dealerships, some you can do online, some you might have to go in and play the games, but get the out-the-door price. And if they refuse to give you the price, I love this line, okay, uh, if you give me a price, there's a chance that your competition might beat it. If you don't give me the price today, there's no chance that you're going to sell me a car because I'm never coming back. So if you want to play the game and want to have a chance at my business, give me your best price. Keep your fingers crossed. And do that at least three times, and that's the best way to buy a Dodge Charger. And the, the Scat Pat, by the way, is actually... Uh, kind of a high-performance upgrade to the Charger, mm -hmm. uh, similar to like the Challenger came out with the Hellcat, yeah. and then uh, what was the latest one that they just did? Uh, and is that the one that Michael Gills bought? He he had the Hellcat, Hellcat, but then they came out with one just above it that is like it's literally a race car. That's yeah, these limited production cars road. are overpriced, and you buy these things, and yep. we. Uh, we're Toyota dealers, and we had a Supra that came out a few months ago, and people were paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars over sticker and even more. And now uh, they're they're being discounted and rebated, and uh, the the depreciation cost of buying any kind of a limited production car too fast is crazy. Wait, you don't have to be the first one on the block. Wait a couple of months, wait six months, and you can get a really good deal on these limited production cars. Yeah, these things are a little bit more expensive than an iPhone. Yeah. I want to jump out. Okay, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, folks, uh, I'm going to, uh, I have a text, and Stu has a, a whole or, lot is more. This a, is this a text or an email? 
Uh, but excuse me, we're going to go to De- Denise, who's been holding. Uh, good morning, Denise. Good morning, Nancy. Um, my name is Denise Lazarulo. My sister talks about you guys all the time, and she knows I'm in the market for a new car, and she asked me to call. I've been trying to reach you guys for weeks now. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Thank my you. My question you're welcome. My question is, I'm in the market for a new car. I've been in the market for a new car, but then when we went into the pandemic, then I just didn't go out at all. Now that we're into the month of June, I'm wondering is, is it a bad time now because we're mid-year to buy a new car, or should I wait until next year to buy a new car when all the newer models come out? Well, I can address that. Well, it's it's kind of used to be that way. Um, we talked about back in the old days um, with Earl's old Pontiac dealership. End of the year, every manufacturer had um, all the new models come out. And that's changed over the years, and there doesn't seem to be any real rhyme or reason when the next model years come out. We have two, we have 2021 cars <laughs> already that are going to be here this month. Toyota does. Right. And sometimes the, right. the it might be uh, eight months, almost a year ahead of time. So... They kind of scatter them throughout the year. Um, there doesn't seem to be rhyme or reason. I would add to that the least of your problems is buying in June because of the model year introduction. Your biggest problem is going to be availability. And um, the availability of new vehicles now, all new vehicles, is dropping rapidly. Uh, the incentives right. that were on earlier during the coronavirus episode are coming off. So yep. fewer incentives, uh, fewer products, uh, fewer selection. And the, the bottom line is going to be higher prices. So if you could wait until uh, later and get the new model, it would be okay. It would be a good idea to get the new model, but it would even be a better idea. You'd have a lot more production. So if you can, if you can wait. Uh, and I can. Yeah. I totally can wait. Yeah. I can. I would recommend That's it. Good. And you'll feel more comfortable going to the car dealership, too, because yeah. uh, you know, we shop a lot of car dealers on Mystery Shop, and most of them we shop so far, they don't even wear the mask. Uh, trying to shake your hand, uh, it's uh, right. you know the precautions. Right. So yeah, do yourself a favor, health-wise and then price-wise, and wait till November, December. And uh, Denise, uh, uh, Denise yes. also, uh, this gives you time to do your homework to find out exactly what you want. Uh, line up your lenders. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if you've done a- any of that yet, or even know what model you want. I have you. Well, believe it or not, I've been driving Toyota forever. Um, okay. I'm currently in a Corolla. I'm going into a Camry. Um, so I do know the model I want. Um, Great. I, do, I haven't really done my research yet because I don't know if now's the right time. I've been, I've been researching for years on the car. But um, do I know exactly what I want? No, yeah. I don't. The Internet's a great place to go for all your information. Um, it's a, the Knowledge is power, as I always say. Okay, have we answered your questions? Well, I, have one, I, I want to jump in real quick. I think the, probably the best, way, best time to wait, if you're, since you did mention you're looking at Toyotas, is give it to the end of the summer, I think maybe in August. Um, we've been told by Toyota to expect the, uh, well, the production's already increased, but the availability... Um, it's going to be at its worst this month, and we've already seen, for example, on Camrys, um, they've lowered the amount of the cash incentive by $750. Uh, they got rid of the 0% oh. financing. You can still get 0.9, but um, they lowered the, the okay. RAV4 by 500 so they anticipate better incentives. I'm gonna, my prediction is August is we're going to see it get a little bit better. 
Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I'm not in a rush. August does work for me. You guys are great. I'm going to continue listening to you. Thank you and, so much. Um, thank you. Thank you. Denise, are you a first-time caller? I am. I, I couldn't get through for the longest time. Yes, I am. Wonderful. You just won yourself $50 for being the first ah! new caller. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's going to go towards my new car. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Denise, if you stay on the line, you could give Mike your contact information. He's in the control room. He'd love to talk to you. He'll pass that along to me, and I'll get that check out over the weekend. Well, thank you very much, both of you. Everybody stay safe, and thank you again. Thank You're you, Denise. Thanks for being part of the show. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. We have another anonymous feedback. It says, hey, on June 4th, it was announced that Ford has a lawsuit going up against them, this time involving any 2011 to 2019 Mustang with the MT-82 manual transmission. There's a link to the lawsuit. In full transparency, I own a 2018 Mustang GT with this transmission. The car was my dream car, and now I feel pretty sad over this. Mine has only 10,000 miles on it, and I don't drive the car that hard while shifting. Now I feel like I'm sitting here on borrowed time, wondering if the transmission will hold up. How concerned should someone be about this hurting the long-term value of the car and the reputation of it? I feel like I got kicked in the gut with the news. Also, does Rick have any advice uh, to preserve a manual transmission? Thanks, as always, and I'll be tuning in. Yeah, I, I don't think you have that much to worry about. A, you know, a, a lawsuit is uh, a dime a dozen, and uh, you never know whether it's legitimate or not. Um, uh, you didn't mention a safety recall. You didn't mention a any kind of recall. You might want to investigate with Ford if there's a technical service bulletin on the transmission. Uh, unfortunately, the consumers are sadly misinformed and uninformed, and the resale value of your car because of a class action lawsuit probably would not exist. It, it isn't going to affect the retail value unless it gets worse. And if it gets worse, then Ford would probably step up with a fix. Um, did he say his car was relatively late model? Sounds like it's under warranty. 2018. 2018. So the car's under warranty. You're protected by that. The lawsuit can go away. It probably will. Most lawsuits never go all the way through. There's a settlement. And, uh, if, and even if it became a safety recall, then you have a fix because the recall would make you bring the car in and get it fixed. So don't worry about it. Enjoy your Mustang. And, uh, and if you don't have any problems that you can detect driving the car, then enjoy it. And as for protection or anything, really just common sense driving, you know, be a little gentle on it maybe. If you really like the car, you know, don't abuse it. Um, stick with Ford's recommendations for fluids and fluid changes, which I don't know what their maintenance schedule may be, but follow exactly what the book recommends. And when you do that, either make sure you have it done at a Ford dealership or make sure you document very well and keep all your receipts on any services that you ever have done on your cars. All right. That's great advice. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Rosemary's text that she sent me from North Carolina. In, uh, it's in regards to the uh, fine print uh, that she constantly sees uh, on TV and on all of these uh, car ads. And uh, she wants to know if ever uh, will something be done about it. Uh, and uh, 
this will serve a purpose. Uh, well, Rosemary, uh, before I turn this o over to Earl, I'll just uh, tell you that uh, I think you'll always see that fine print, and I believe that uh, it, it should be banned. It's really wrong, and it should have been banned a long time ago. We need to regulate these cowboys and Indians. Uh, what, Earl, what do you have to add to that? It is illegal. It's a violation of the Federal Trade Commission's requirement that anything in an advertisement that modifies the price or payment has to be conspicuously displayed in the font size, type size, uh, adjacent to the actual price. So if you're selling a car for $19,000 and in the fine print at the bottom it says uh, that you have to uh, uh, you know, have uh, green shoes before you get the $2,000 rebate. We saw that on a mystery shop once. <laughs> right. uh, then you have to display that disclaimer next to the price so that people see the price and they see the disclaimer. Every car dealer, in fact, every advertiser I know violates that. Federal Trade Commission just sits on their hands. They claim they're overworked and underpaid and they never enforce the rules. If someone pushed the Federal Trade Commission, they'd probably write a letter to the offender and then they would change it for a week and then go back and do it the other way. I have a thought and, and it's uh, it's interesting. So there's also a lot of language that's required by the FTC that has to go into an ad. Nobody reads this stuff and when you read it, it is gobbledygook. It's hard to understand. So yeah. it's called the truth and lending stuff that they're required. It takes up a lot of space. I'm wondering maybe if they backed off on that regulation or at least put something in some plain language it would leave a little bit more space in that fine print. You might be able to read it. <laughs> they could use a larger a larger font. www.aintgonnahappen.com. Yeah, Rosemary, I hope we uh, answered your questions and stay in touch with us. And uh, I have an idea. Go to Earl on Cars and download that affidavit uh, that I have put on the website. And uh, that's the out-the-door price. That'll, that'll really uh, help you out a whole lot in your car shopping. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going to go to a, a, our sponsor. It's Jupiter Baker's Sourdough. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> um, another. I think with – oh, this is perfect. Uh, I think with some more effective time management, you could cover more on the show as I was making jokes about sourdough. I agree with you 100%. You know, one, one of the problems with uh, the, the show is it's live, and we have uh, we never know who's going to call. In fact, we never know if anybody's going to call. And the texts are the same way, the YouTubes, yeah. uh, the anonymous feedback. And, uh, and we've got four sure. people in here, and all of yeah. us have something to we say. So phone calls. I'm the ca I, uh, I sometimes offend members of the uh, staff here, Yes. and I'm the, I'm the coach. And I have to try to get the show moving. Uh, we had a caller earlier, okay. Steve, a, a very articulate uh, person. And uh, the question is, uh, was he on too long? I had to make a judgment call, the fact that he covered so, so many good things that were of interest to the yeah, listeners that I kept him on longer than I would some other people. And uh, that's just, uh, you're right. And I, I plead guilty. Uh, time management is difficult when everything is... Uh, what's the word? Uh, it's uh, spontaneous. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Absolutely. That's what makes it so exciting. Yes, yeah, exactly. Very much exciting. Maybe okay, we get another hour on that. Yeah, Nancy, Nancy's <laughs> got something to say, doesn't she? Pardon me? You have, you were, you see, I think you have a caller or something. Yes, we do. We yeah, have a okay. caller, yeah. and uh, that is Henry. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. How are you all doing? We're well, thank you. Thank you for calling your own cars. 
You're welcome. I wanted to update Earl. I called a couple months ago about a brand-new uh, GMC Sierra pickup truck where I switched the mag wheels on another car that was on the lot uh-huh. at the time of purchase. I don't know if you remember the call. <clears throat> I do. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> the mag wheels that were switched, brand-new GMC wheels, had some uh, defects, uh, some pitting in the chroming, and I asked the dealer to warranty the wheels. Mm-hmm. And I was told that I could not have a warranty because the build sheet for that car did not include those wheels. Do you recall? I do. Uh, Schumacher, wasn't it? No, no. Schumacher was actually quite cooperative. It was uh, Delray GMC Buick. Oh, okay. Who was, uh, okay. I didn't realize that they were the obstacle because Schumacher kept stating that they could cure the problem if it was their problem. But between GMC and uh, Delray... I've gotten no resolution as of yet, and I filed a lawsuit to uh, have them actually, you know, come to terms with the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, just recently, I got a call from the uh, general partner offering to purchase me a separate type of warranty for the wheels and tires. I don't know if this is an aftermarket item that's sold through dealerships. However, uh, when I told him it didn't matter to me who warranted the wheels, I just wanted to have some type of protection. Sure. Uh, three weeks after the fact, I had no resolution, so I did file a lawsuit. Well, good for you. I uh, always think lawsuits are a last resort, but you certainly waited patiently and tried every everything you could. And I uh, I have a hunch that you will probably get. Is is the attorney uh, going to do this on a contingency, or, or are they charging you by the hour? Well, actually, uh, having uh, enough knowledge to be dangerous, I filed it myself. Good for you. Yeah, and, small uh, claims. Small claims. It's thirty-nine hundred yeah. bucks. Uh-huh. Thirty, uh huh. $2,900 total is what I paid for the upgraded wheels, and uh, I've been doing the, I've been dealing with this since the November. So mm-hmm. I told them just last week. I think I waited long enough. Well, I'm glad you were persistent, and I I, I salute all of the callers out here who don't give up. Steve earlier. Uh, was amazingly persistent. A lot of people don't have the uh, the stomach for it, and you're a tough guy, and I think you're going to prevail. And I thank you very much for uh, keeping us informed. Uh, let me know uh, if it goes to uh, trial or it goes before the judge. I guess this is small claims court, so oftentimes these things get settled on the courthouse steps. I have a hunch that's what's going to happen. They don't want to go to court because they know they're wrong. You, you're right, they're wrong, and I think the judge is going to see it that way too. Yeah, one more thing. You were talking about all that small print on the advertisements. Yes. On a previous call. You know, I was in the Medicare business for a number of years, and Mm. the federal government says when dealing with a senior citizen, all information uh, that you're going to be handing out must be typed or written in a way that a 10-year-old child could understand it. Mm. So they have... They have requirements that, you know, old people, uh, older people tend to not to be sharp as they age. Mm-hmm. And Medicare insisted that when we solicited those people, the information had to be quite plain and obvious. So uh, maybe that's something the, uh, the whatever agency is overseeing that should adapt. That's a very interesting point. Uh, I wonder if it's uh, restricted to Medicare um, purchases, or if it would apply to any retail purchase by a senior citizen? Well, 
since the uh, the programs I represented were Medicare funded, yeah. Medicare was the overseer. And I but see. I think it's a good business practice. I agree. For anybody dealing with the general public, you know, especially with these amendments that we get on the voting ballot, yeah. why should I need a New York lawyer to interpret yeah. what's exactly. written? Well, there should be written in a way that we all understand it. Exactly, as seniors in Florida protected, uh, if a crime and the and the punishment for a crime against a senior is uh, more severe than for a, a person who is uh, less than 65 years of age. So uh, that's good, but we need something. You know, if for no other reason, most folks, I mean, I'm 79 years old. My eyes are not as good as they used to be. My ears are not as good as they used to be. Uh, hopefully, my, my I still uh, my I still have my mind, but a lot of seniors my age uh, are starting to fail. Uh, there should there should be a special law for seniors uh, in terms of the amount of fine print, the simplicity. Uh, there should be uh, they should cut seniors some slack. I totally agree, and that's a great point, Henry. Thank you. Very good point. Uh, it's, okay. uh, we got to get in touch with the uh, Federal Trade Commission, uh, Henry. Uh, great conversation. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Okay, text YouTube. Yeah, we have a lot of texts, and let's get let's get to it. Um, no name on this one. It says, "I'm going to purchase a new car soon and plan to keep it five to six years. Is it better to lease a car for that length of time, or lease two cars for three years each?" Or just purchase a car uh, for five or six years and drive it for five or six years. That's an interesting question. Yeah, um, le- leasing is uh, not a magic uh, thing, and purchasing isn't either. They're actually uh, pretty much equal, just different ways of driving a car. I always say be careful of the leases because there are a lot more ways a dealer can get you in a lease. There's more hidden fees in a lease by far than a purchase. But if you are sophisticated, intelligent, articulate, and, and you've got some courage, and you can look a car salesman in the eye and uh, do it carefully, a lease can be just as good an option. Sometimes it can be a better option because the manufacturers are so are pushing leases so much today and dealers pushing leases so much today that uh, some of the incentives from the manufacturers are for leasing. They want you to lease more than they want you to buy because when you lease a car, they have control. If I lease a car from ABC Chevrolet, ABC Chevrolet knows who I am, uh, where I live, my telephone number. I have to send them a check every month. I don't mean literally the Chevrolet dealer, but Chevrolet leasing company. And they know when I have three months or six months left on my lease and they can come after me to be sure I go into another lease or at least purchase from them. And if, if I don't, some of the fine print I was talking about, they fine you. You have a fine if you don't continue with the leasing of that make or that purchase of that make. So if you're going to lease a Chevrolet and you don't want to lease another Chevrolet, you want a Volvo, they're going to penalize you when you do that. And they also penalize you if you put too many miles on it, if, if you scratch the car in a way they don't like. And uh, they give you an inception fee. They give you a dealer fee, multiple dealer fees and a disposition fee, which is the fine if you don't buy it. So uh, rule of thumb, I would buy the car because it's simpler, easier to analyze. But if you're sharp as a tack, go in there and lease it. Just be sure you know all the hidden fees, the mileage allowance, and uh, any number of other things that they get you on. 
Yeah. Boy, all this free advice makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Let's start charging. Hmm? Let's start charging. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, folks, we're going to go back to the phone lines, and we're going to talk to uh, Steve, who's uh, calling us from Pompano Beach. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. I'm in Boynton Beach. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Okay, my question is, I have a 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner, 383 automatic, and I changed over to electronic ignition years ago. My question is, is the ballast resistor supposed to get hot? That porcelain piece that goes on the firewall? Steve, does your roadrunner go beep, beep? Yes, it does. I thought so. (laughs) That's an English taxi horn. Uh, Rick, what do you say? Uh, Yes, a resistor will get some heat to it, but I don't think it should be anywhere more than something that... If you were to put your hand on it, you should be able to touch it for about one to two seconds before it gets too hot to try to hold on to. If it's getting excessively hot beyond that, I would consider replacing it. Okay, I did replace it with a new one, an original Mopar part, which I have lucky to have. And it still gets hot. Uh, well, that could be just a side effect of having switched over to the electronic ignition from the original point system. Yes, I had this put in like 10 years ago, the electronic system. Yeah, the place I would search for this information really, I would go online and find a, uh, a Dodge forum site with Dodge owners that own those old muscle cars. It's a Plymouth, it's a Plymouth. I, I beg your pardon, <laughs> yep, I'm all, I've committed the cardinal sin, and that is the truth. And boy, yes, the, Plymouth Roadrunner versus the Dodge okay, Charger the would have been is, the two, but... My other question, are there mechanics in my area in Boynton Beach that work on these old cars? Because everybody does Ford and Chevrolets. Nobody knows how to handle Mopars down here. Yeah. Again, true. the forum sites will help you there because that... Yeah, Mopar mechanics, guys that know those old Mopars, you're going to have a tough time finding one. But when you do... He's going to be gold. Hey, Steve. Yes, I know. Hey, Steve from Boynton. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that earlier. Hey, there's somebody in the studio dying to know what color that beauty is. Okay, it's a Dodge Daytona color called Flash Red. It's from the 90s. Wow. Oh. Mm, okay, okay. I, bet wow. you. I bought it in 1991 for $1,800. Is that right? Oh. Wow. Yeah, lucky you. What do you think it's worth? I had the guy down to fifteen hundred. His wife ran out and said no. So, uh huh. Always deal with the husbands, never the wives. (laughs) What do you What do you think that car is worth today, Steve? Well, I have it insured with Haggerty for thirty five thousand dollars. I figured, yeah, wow. Okay, that's better than the stock market. You buy you buy the right cars and collect them, and uh, you got yourself a. Uh, real valuable investment. So congratulations. Yes. No radio, no heat, no air conditioning, no GPS, no disc brakes. All stock. You're running the 383. What do you got for a transmission? Uh, the 727 torque flight automatic on the floor console. Sweet. I, I have built many of those transmissions. Say what? Back in the dashboard. Say what's Somebody the name? On, that, on your show, owned the Barracuda. Who owned the Barracuda? 
Did you? Oh, that's uh, Nancy. 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 Nancy had a barracuda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you don't, okay, don't get her talking. He, he doesn't want, Earl doesn't want you to ask me any questions barracuda. about the barracuda, Steve. He's almost like you. And I'll forgive you for the statement that you made about your wife. But moving on, I'm going to elaborate about my barracuda. Oh, boy. No, I'm not going to do that. Earl's going to. Yes. <laughs> the 69 barracuda coop to me was the best looking Mopar that ever came out. There you go. Steve, what's the old song out there about Beep Beep is the name of the song? And oh, the so, Rambler song, Beep Beep, right, Beep Beep. Right. <laughs> the Rambler went Beep Beep, passed me by with a Cadillac. Right, I had so, a key in my eyes. So. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. You sound like you're very passionate about that baby that you have. Where do you have her? Where is she? You ever parked uh, in the garage? In Beach. Yes, I, well, I have it in the storage unit. Because oh. I have a carport, so I keep, you cannot keep these cars in the sun down here. No, no. With that. Because yeah. I go to a lot of local car shows in my area, uh, Road Rascal, sponsored by D, so we go to Anchor India, uh-huh. uh, Texas Roadhouse on Congress and Boynton Beach. So she gets a good crowd and a good. It's a good show for locals. Steve, I got a 1937 Pontiac, uh, the first car my father sold back in 37. Had it restored. It's on the uh, showroom floor of our Toyota dealership now, and we've learned just like you did. Nobody knows how to work on the old engines, and even Rick here. Uh, was stumped. Uh, you have to find uh, an old guy that knows how to work yep. on these old engines. I, yeah. And I, Rick's I, a I young guy. That, yeah. <laughs> well, to me, the, all these old cars, I don't look at. I look at them more as art. Yeah, you're right. You know, they don't even need a motor. You just look at them. The way they're built, handcrafted. Yeah. Today's cars, everything looks alike. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell one car from another. Exactly. I used to be able to identify every car on the highway. Now they all look alike. I totally agree yeah, with you. all got cat yeah. eyes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Everything like that. Okay, it took me a month to get through, but thank you for answering my question. Oh, Thank no. you, Steve. Take care of yourself, my <laughs> Give friend. Give us a call again, Steve. <laughs> we enjoyed your conversation. It was humorous. <laughs> <laughs> and he mentioned my barracuda. That's yeah. right. So remember. there. or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and I'd like to mention uh, Earl's column his latest column sell cars from your home so uh, take a look at that at Earl on cars and uh, all the other information we shared with you this morning now back to Stu yeah I think we got got a YouTube over let's let Rick talk okay got two quick ones Uh, Peter's asking what is a good down payment amount for a first-time buyer? Well, uh, most people want to put as little down payment as possible. Uh, uh, you, you, you can buy even for a first-time buyer. If you have sterling credits, you can still get a low down, down payment. Um, down payments used to be something that people did as a, uh, as a, a sign of, uh, what is it, uh, prudence, because the more you put down, the lower your monthly payment. Uh, you have you build equity in the vehicle quicker when you put a big down payment down. Now, if you're getting extremely low interest rates, the reverse is true. You try, you try to fight to put as little down as possible. If you can get zero percent financing, and some of the manufacturers are offering that now, you're crazy to put anything down because you're using the full availability of the incentive when you when you put no money down. So that, that's my answer to that question. And Rico West is asking. If leasing, what about the lease protection insurance? So when you return the car, 
You don't get hit with excessive wear and tear fees. He says, I listen weekly from Toronto. Keep up yeah. the great show. It's like, it's an insurance policy, and like most insurance policies that car dealers sell, they're, too, they're overpriced, and uh, take care of your car. I mean, re understand what normal wear and tear is. If you read the lease contract, which nobody does, and you see the section on normal wear and tear, they do define it, the size of a scratch, uh, the, um, the, the kind of stains, the tread wear, and you can pretty well identify what the leasing company is expecting your car to look like when it comes back in. Don't buy any insurance for that. I mean, uh, uh, everything you buy from a car dealer that they call insurance or extended contracts or warranties is overpriced. And if you can buy it on the outside, you'll probably do better. And my feeling is don't buy any insurance. Just be aware of what the risks are and bank it yourself. If it's going to cost you $50 a month in your monthly payment to, to buy the insurance, take that $50 and put it in the bank or put it into the stock market. And then every month for 36, 48 months, if you have a problem, go to the bank and draw the money out. There you go. All right, let's try a lightning round on the text, see if we can get through them before we get to the mystery shopping report. Okay. And you might have time to get to the comment, the YouTube comment that we were going to bring up. Yeah. All right, lightning round. Lots of water on the road this week, so be very careful. Question, is there a certain depth that is safe to drive through? I have a Kia Soul, small SUV. Is that enough ground clearance to safely go through this water? Every car has got a different uh, specification on that. You should mm. know the clearance. And... Uh, just it's a judgment call. I mean, I don't I don't recommend yeah. going through deep water and anything. But if you're driving one of these big pickup trucks with a, the giant tires, you could go through the Mississippi River and, and it won't bother. Yeah. If you got one of the snorkels, you can yeah. submerge yourself. In a Not car, you have less clearance than a truck or a van. Or mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think the, the rule of thumb is just be careful and avoid the water. Don't go through it. The yeah. most important Great thing advice. is if you absolutely have to go through it. Go very, very slow. Lightning round. Next. Lightning round. Yeah. Okay. Hi, it's Jim from Riviera Beach. Um, I purchased a 2018 CHR. I truly like it. I have heard that production will cease in 2021. Is this true? That is not true. CHR is getting a redesign, so they're continuing the model. Anne-Marie, one of our favorites. Good morning. Hi, I was yeah. watching the Weather Channel, and they showed a video of a car being driven through a severe hailstorm. The hailstones, hailstones were larger than a golf ball, but smaller than a baseball. The hailstone smashed through the rear windshield, but just cracked the front wheel windshield. Mm. I was wondering, is the front, shield, front windshield stronger than the rear one, or could the slipstream coming over the front of the vehicle tend to protect the front wheel shield, or was the driver just lucky that the front windshield didn't break through? Thank you. Anne just Marie lucky. Is so smart. Yes. Really smart lady. Thanks really? so much, Anne Marie. Just lucky, I think. Yeah. So the, same, same strength. There's no difference in that. Yeah, the front and rear windshields are designed laminated not to shatter and break apart as easily as the side windows, which are meant to be safety glass that when they get broken, they turn into little bitty pebbles so you don't have shards of glass flying around. Great information. Uh, excuse me, guys. We're going to go to John from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. As I predicted on the show, unfortunately, Hertz declared bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. But before they declared the bankruptcy... They paid $16 million. You don't need the permission of the bankruptcy court. The CEO was only there one month. He wound up with 700000 The uh, executive uh, uh, officers right down the line, seven, 600000 It's a disgrace. But my point is, 
now is an excellent time since the used cars are down in value. Uh, Hertz included. Many of the rental car companies are selling used cars. Some of them are really in nice shape. They're not being used. They're sitting there with even dead batteries. So my purpose is to say check out the used cars and companies like Hertz and all the rental cars, and there's some probably damn good buys out there. That's what um, I want to John, say. John, let me do this. That's a great entree. I wasn't going to get to this because we didn't have the time, but uh, there's a full-page ad in today's Palm Beach uh, Post, and it's a phony ad. Uh, put up by Southern 441 and Green Acres Nissan, implying that you can buy these cars directly from Hertz uh, for the bankruptcy and uh, save a lot of money. It's uh, a lie. It's not true. Uh, Hertz isn't selling these cars. It's Green Acres Nissan and Southern 441 Nissan, and uh, they're probably selling a whole lot of cars besides uh, rental cars. So uh, in order to take advantage of Hertz's bankruptcy. Uh, first of all, Hertz cannot sell a car in a distressed case in a bankruptcy. The bankruptcy judge would require that they get a fair price because the creditors, the people that loan Hertz the money, the banks, to finance their cars has to be made whole. So they can't sell cars at distressed prices. They have to sell their cars at market prices, at the best price they can get for any car. You're not going to get a rental car from Hertz at a bargain price. You're going to get a rental car from, if you buy one, you're going to have to buy it through a dealer. In, in all the states, rental companies can't sell cars directly. A rental company to sell a car directly has to get a retail license. They become a car dealer and they mark them up like all car dealers do. So uh, the, the market is volatile now and I hear you about the uh, eventually when these cars begin to come on the market, the prices will come down. Actually in Florida right now, wholesale prices are going back up. They, they came down and now they're actually going back up again. And our, our uh, cars that we're selling at auction, we're actually making a profit on. I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't know that. I yeah. wasn't aware of it. But yeah. it's, a, it's, it's just like they beat the bankruptcy court. They gave these bonuses out yeah. before they declared bankruptcy Terrible. because the, the uh, bankruptcy court wouldn't allow them to give these tremendous bank uh, bonuses out to people. They now, one be. other fast thing about prices being down, this is a fact. They're coming back up again a little bit, but the classic car, collector car market has completely fell apart. Hmm. Completely. Absolutely. There was the biggest auction in Florida. That was the end of April. It was Barrett-Jackson at the fairgrounds. It's canceled. It won't be held until the end of October now. Hmm. And the largest collector car auction, uh, not auction show, in the world in October is on hold for October also. But the prices of major collector cars are way, way down. Hopefully it doesn't stay that way. But it's probably a good time to look into that market for anybody that's interested in one. Very interesting, John. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for the information. Okay. I want to get off because I want to shop and report. Okay. Right. Okay. You are the last caller, John. We'll hear from you next week. Uh, we are going to go to the uh, Mystery Shopping Report shortly, and uh, you can uh, send in your vote. Uh, text it in, 772-497-6530. Uh, Remember, the lines are closed for now. 
We got time for some more. Yeah, oh, yeah, these are quick. So we had a bunch that came in. Everybody loved Steve and Boynton. Uh, texts are coming <laughs> in. What a great call! Everybody really loved them. So Steve, I hope you're still listening. Call back next week. You're a star. Um, Jonathan Wellington says, "What exactly is the Toyota logo supposed to be? It looks like a little bull to me." Uh, some people call it the sombrero, but actually uh, there are three ellipses that intersect. The two in the middle represent the heart of comp the company of Toyota and the heart of the customer, and it's encompassed by the world embracing Toyota. It's very Japanese, very zen, and very cool, mm. but it looks like a sombrero to me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Earl, what's up with still wearing the mask? Do you realize that as you are talking that you are breathing in CO2? That's bad for your brain. I can appreciate the fact that you're trying to show best practices to your viewers and listeners. Also, wrist mask is so tight. I can read his lips. You guys look about six feet apart. Love the show. Thanks, Mark. Let me answer it real quick. Um, it is prudent and wise and smart to wear a mask. CO2 does not kill you. It is permeating. It's a gas. And we're, we're practicing um, appropriate safety things in the pandemic. Uh, good morning. Question for Rick. Since you guys were talking about oils, what's your takes on AMSOIL or AMS oil? It's all caps. Have you heard of that, Rick? Amsoil? Amsoil is a company that sells full synthetic products, been doing it for many years. They do not sell in most stores. The only way to really get it is to become an Amsoil dealer or know someone who is, and you actually purchase it directly from Amsoil and resell it. Is it good oil or bad oil or just about the same as all other oil? There are some people out there that swear by it 100%, and it generally is a good, high-quality product. Okay. Guess what? We're caught up. Fantastic. We're caught up with the uh, YouTube suit. We are. Very good. Well, let's get to our mystery shopping report. We came back and we uh, mystery shopped Ed Morse Honda. Interestingly enough, about the same time, well, actually it wasn't a coincidence at all. It was because we decided to do this. Uh, we had a uh, YouTube of an old mystery shopping report with uh, Ed Morse. Uh, yeah, that was coincidental. That was coincidental. And uh, I have a very long text here, and I don't have time to get to it right now. Maybe later if I get to the mystery shopping report. But uh, a salesperson at Ed Morse Honda named Rich Grogan, and uh, I printed his uh, text out. And uh, it's a long text. It's uh, one, two, three pages, long text. And he was very unhappy with the way we... Uh, condemned Ed Morse Honda in the last shopping report. And I'm not going to attack uh, Rich Grogan. I, I, matter of fact, I commend him <clears throat> because he has courage and gave his name and talked uh, directly and told us what we had done wrong. Uh, we disagree. And uh, we'll address that probably next week when we have more time, maybe. And uh, he, he volunteered to debate you um, publicly. He did debate me on the dealer fee, I believe. Uh, uh, so we need more Rick Grogan's out there, people that will state their case. We will always treat them with respect and dignity and courtesy. Difference of opinion is what makes this country great. You, everybody can agree with you. And the same thing with Earl Stewart on cars. We don't want everybody to agree with us. Controversy is good radio. It's yeah. entertaining. We try to educate, but if we don't entertain you and educate you, you're not going to listen. Boring. So to educate you, we have to entertain you. And uh, we want more rich programs, car dealers, car salespeople, sales managers. Call the show. We promise you we will have a respectful debate. And that's why I'm here, to it's entertain you. 
Exactly. <laughs> Let me entertain you. Okay, Edmore's Honda is one of three Honda dealerships in Palm Beach County. The other two are Brayman Honda and Green Acres and Delray Honda and Delray Beach. Delray Honda, by the way, is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which is a Warren Buffett company. Very interesting. Uh, Blue Heron uh, Boulevard is where Edmore's Honda, uh, Blue Heron Boulevard and Riviera Beach, they're right next to I-95. Uh, Edmore sells quite a few less new Hondas than either Brayman or Delray, which is interesting. Uh, it's got a great location. At least the factories think it's a great location out near I-95. Uh, at any rate, a Honda is a very popular car in our area, a uh, popular car pretty much all over the United States. Uh, not so much in Japan. Interestingly enough, just a little anecdote there that Honda is, sells very few cars in Japan, and their success was really in the USA. Toyota and Nissan are king yeah. over there. Yeah. Uh, Honda has 9% of the new car market. Uh, about 10% of the cars out there you see on the road are Hondas. Edmore's Honda also plays a special role in my history as a consumer advocate. During the early days of my crusade against the dealer fee, the Ed Morris Group made a public claim that I secretly concealed a dealer fee in the price of the car uh, I sold uh, I sold at my Toyota dealership. Now, it was a radio commercial uh, uh, that uh, they said that I had a dealer fee and I hid it in the advertised price. So I'm not a litigious kind of a person, but I, I sued Ed Morris, and they countersued me. Actually, it was Ed Morris's attorneys that countersued me. And we went back and forth, and we got a lot of PR, uh, uh, television, radio, newspaper, and people talked about it. And the end result was the consumers in South Florida got a great education on what dealer fees are and how car dealers use them decept deceptively in their advertising. All the one that attended my legal battle with uh, Ted Morse, Ted was Ed Morse's son. Ed Morse passed away 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and Ted Morris passed away about eight or ten years ago, I'm guessing. And Teddy Morris now is currently, uh, that's the grandson, is now in charge, I believe, of the Ed Morris dealerships. Uh, this worked. Uh, this dispute did shine an unflattering light on car dealer practices. And for a time, uh, one of the, was it one, more than one, Stu? Ed Morris, Del Rey, Toyota dropped their dealer fee. I think all their, I, th I think all of their um, Palm Beach County dealerships did, I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we really shocked the public and got their attention, and I, Lord knows what happened. I think that the car dealers realized that they had to have the dealer fee to survive financially because they all reinstated their dealer fees at a later time. Uh, in the end, the Morse lawyers and I worked it out, and we all stood down legally. Um, no money out of pocket except for our own legal fees, and uh, everybody dropped the, the suit. Edmore's Honda grabbed our attention this week when we got word from the huge sales weekend they just enjoyed on um, Blue Heron Boulevard. In normal times, a good weekend for Edmore's Honda. Uh, they sold about 20 new Hondas on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Last weekend, they sold 45, and we, you know, we had a lot of folks, uh, including the Toyota district manager, said, whoa. Made a few phone calls. What's going on? How come they suddenly came alive? Uh, the spike in sales. It was. Uh, we wanted to get an explanation. We asked around, even prodding. Uh, we, I told you our factory guy uh, from Toyota, and we were told they were running a new ad that had generated a lot of attention, an offer of 12 months 
but no payment. Ooh. Now, I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been around a long time. Uh, three months, four months. I've heard. No payments months. until next year, but that might yeah, be three or four yeah. months away. But actually, you buy a car from Edmore's Honda, and you don't make any payments. And they they go on to say that, and there's no gimmick here, Ed Morris is going to make the payments for you. Well, Ed's dead, but, you know, uh, the company will make the payments for you. So it sounds pretty damn good, and you can see why people would flock in there. Uh, on Ed Morris Honda's web, web page, the offer was front and center, no payments for 12 months. This is not a deferred payment. Your first year is on us. Yep. I mean, you... You'd come in on that road and you reckon say, hey. It says no games, no gimmicks. That's not right, yeah. Now here's the fine print, which you can't read without a magnifying glass, of course. All factory incentives to the dealer, okay? That means if you have a customer incentive, you have to sign it over. So all incentives that the, the Honda has come uh, not to you, the discount for car, goes to Ed Morse Honda. Uh, any additional payment over $200 per month, on the monthly payment, they're going to pay your payments for 12 months, but not on anything over $200. Uh, all Honda models qualify. Now, I put a little star by that. All Honda models. It almost sounds like all cars qualify, but all Honda models. Think about that. Example, new 2020 Honda Civic LX Auto Stand, $195 per month, 36-month lease, uh, 10,000 miles per year. That's not much mileage. Your average, that's about 50% less than the mm. average person drives. Average person drives uh, 15,000 miles a year. Zero dollars due at signing, zero dollars security deposit, plus tax, tag, title, and fees. Uh, that's fees. that weird uh, dissonance they have there. Yeah. It's like zero due at signing, but then you got to pay fees and tax yeah, yeah, and title. Yeah. So. MSRP 21480, must finance through American Honda Financial. Not all buyers will qualify. On select models. Okay, it says here all models, and then it says on select models. So I think what they're saying is the general quality, all models, but only one vehicle within that model line. I, I'm going to be more charitable and say they have boilerplate uh, disclosures that they copy and paste because we do the same yeah. things, and that might have like been a carryover. But it, it ain't true. Yeah. It ain't true www.aintgonnahappen.com. Okay, um, here's the first detail they give you. This is a lease with extremely low uh, allowable miles. Second major detail, Ed Morris Honda caps the amount over $200. The example they used, the disclosure was a 2020 Civic with a 195 payment. That would theoretically be covered, but if you leased a 2020 CRV with their advertised payment of 289, then you're going to have to pay 1068 bucks, which is uh, 12 times $89, the overage over $200. So how does Ed Morris Honda do it? How do they cover up $200 a month payment for 12 months on these deals? Simple. They use the profit from the deal. For every offer they honor, they need to find $2,400 in the deal. In other words, they got to figure out a way through hidden fees, uh, dealer-installed accessories, sure. uh, financing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have to come up a way to get that 2400 back, and they do always find a way. So what would happen if we negotiate a low price first, then ask for the no payment for a 12-month deal? That's what we set out to discover. And that's really it's something you should consider doing any time you buy a car. 
you see the the bait. That's the bait and switch. You know, you throw out, you reel it in slowly, and you see the bait. And if you start asking for the low interest rate, and you start asking for the big discount, and you start asking for the uh, minimum trade in allowance, you're playing their game. Yeah. What you do is you just go out and you forget about all the special deals they're going to give you. And you just go to three different dealers, and you check with Costco, and you check with TrueCar. You do your homework, and you get the lowest out-the-door price. That's the price that you write a check for, hand it to the salesman, and drive your new car home. You do that, then you come in, and you can say, okay, what about this? You're still going to make my 12, first 12 payments for me free? That's when you find out the truth. We went to uh, TrueCar.com to find the average low true car price for a 2020 Honda Accord LX with an MSRP of $24,800. That price was $21,300. We would ask Agent Thunder to go to Ed Morse Honda and ask him to match a price he got from another competing Honda dealer. So we took the true car price, uh, pretended like we got it from another Honda dealer. Just so we knew it was a doable price. Exactly. And that was the average on true car. So some, it could be yeah. lower, a little bit higher, but yeah. it's right there in the middle. Yeah. They would ask for the special deal and see what happens. Well, that's, that's what we did. And here I am. I'm being Agent Thunder. Today's mission was Ed Morse Honda in Riviera Beach. It was for a special. Uh, they were advertising no payments for 12 months on new Hondas. No gimmicks, no games. Ah, oh, the, the gall. Sounds nice. No gimmicks, no games. My mission was to tell them that I was looking for a 2020 Honda Accord LX. And then I already I've been to a former dealership, another dealership, who quoted me 21300 plus tax and tag. I arrived at uh, Honda, Ed Morse Honda dealership after lunch, made my way into the showroom where I waited to be greeted by an associate. No one came. I stopped a salesman walking by who told me they were helping someone else. He said he'd sent someone my way. A few minutes later, I was greeted by Josh, who wore a mask. Everyone was wearing masks. Now, if you've listened to the show, this doesn't happen very nope. often. This is like the second time since the coronavirus hit that we found a dealership that actually wore masks. So kudos, no matter what we find further in this report, kudos to Ed Morse Honda, Blue Heron Boulevard, and Riviera Beach. Kudos for having everybody in the dealership wear a mask. Congratulations. I can't believe that so many dealers, most other dealers, are not wearing masks. Uh, Josh identified himself as a VIP sales rep. I told him my story. I said if he could at least match the $21,300 quote, I'd rather do business with Ed Morris because it's much closer to my home. It's a great way to put it. Josh took me to an office, gathered my info, entered it into the computer. Uh, there was a plastic sneeze guard petition between us on the desk. And that's a nice touch. And uh, we don't do that at we our do. We are? Uh, yeah. Uh, for, uh, in, well, in the offices, so in, yeah. in finance, yes, and this, in service, we have them also when we open up the service thing. So, okay, fantastic. Yeah. Great uh, sneeze guard. That's what mm -hmm. it is, right? And uh, where were we the other day? We went someplace where we had... Like Publix has them. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen them in a lot of places. Uh, at any rate, uh, precautions, precautions, precautions. And a lot of you folks ask me, when should I buy a car? I think into consideration. How safe is it to buy a car? And if you walk into a car dealership and nobody's wearing face masks, turn around and walk out. Yeah. Or you can ask or demand that they put a mask on. I think in most cases they have them, they just don't wear them. Uh, 
he asked me about the deal I had from his competitor. I told him the details of the car, the MSRP, etc. Josh asked if it was on a purchase or a lease. I said it was a purchase. Josh frowned, said the price sounded awfully low. He asked if they gave me the price in writing. I said they did, uh, but I didn't bring it with me. Uh, this is this is classic here. I love this. Josh warned me that dealers will often give a low price, then add a bunch of fees when I got into finance. Now, the, the funny thing about this is this is probably exactly what Ed Morris Honda does, and that's how Josh knows that. And all dealers do that. Yeah, Josh is telling you the truth. He's warning you about the, the bait and switch, the gimmick, the deception, because you haven't discovered his deception yet. Well, he, well he's, he's being honest because he, he puts the fees on before he gets to the finance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I replied, that this is what they quoted me, and I said I could buy the car for it. I asked if he could match it. Josh said he tries best. He said that he thought they may be hiding. Here's another one. He said they may be hiding what's called a destination or handling fee, which will jack up the price. See, they, today they don't even know. They, they don't know what they call it. Is it a destination fee? Is it a handling fee? A dock fee? A notary fee? I mean, there's so many floating around, and the amounts are all hidden. And all the dealers know that all the other dealers do it. And Ed Morse does it because he's got two dealer fees. One is called a tag agency fee, and the other one, what was it? Was it a uh, services fee? I don't know. We'll see it. We got the uh, worksheet back here in the mystery shopping report. He asked me if I was open to leasing. I said I was, and that my credit was stellar. Josh stood up and said, let me see what I can do to get you close. They always say close. Close is a very relative term. He left. He came back with a worksheet. The MSRP was 24800 24800 he gave me a huge discount of $4,497 before adding, here we go, $289 for wheel locks and splash guards. A $999 dealer fee. Did they call it dealer fee? I think it says dealer services. Dealer services, yeah. And an $85 tag agency fee and $199.75 electronic filing fee. $7840 in dock stamps. I mean, this is a new world's record for multiple. So he had a dealer services fee, a tag agency fee of $85, dealer services $1,000, uh, 200 bucks for the electronic filing fee and the doc fee, 78. So Close he had, to 1400 Yeah, 1400 bucks worth of hidden fees, folks. That's what they are. They're hidden, hidden fees. And they're 300 for wheel locks and splash guards? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's 50 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I asked him uh, about the wheel locks and other add-ons. Josh said that they were non-negotiable and added to every deal. <laughs> Unbelievable. See, when you, you don't want to get into negotiating the components of their deception. You just look at the total price. The wheel nuts, the lug nuts, the uh, uh, protective coating, uh, the uh, hidden fees. Let them do whatever they want to do. Let them put a, pile it all in there. You just want the bottom line price, the out-the-door price, you can write the check for, and you get the competitive bids from the competition. But when you start playing their game, arguing, then they can they can wear you down. You know, they'll wear you down. What happened to no, uh, no, no, no uh, what, what the heck did he quote earlier in the Mystery Shopping Report? No gimmicks? Oh, yeah. No games? No gimmicks, no games. What happened to that? Yeah, he forgot about it. Okay, Josh said it was real, just like he said 
uh, no gimmicks, no games. He said I would have to pay upfront fees, the inception fee. After that, my first payment would be June 21st, 2021. Sounds like a long way away. Yeah, I said I would need uh, roughly 2100 $2, up front. He then advised they couldn't discount the car for that deal. He said it would be worked at MSRP. So <laughs> raise the price to take care yeah. of the $2,400. I said, so you overcharge for the car so you can afford to make a year of payments. Josh replied that it worked out to be about the same discount That's I'd get true. on a cash deal. And as Sue said, that is not true. He offered to print another worksheet for me and left. Came back with a lease worksheet. True to his word, he was selling the car for MSRP 24800 He added the same stuff he did on the cash deal, about $1,500 in hidden fees and added equipment. Effective selling price, 26382 and I'd have to give him $2,100 up front. Josh asked me which way I wanted to go. I said I was leaning toward the lease, but needed to talk it over with my wife. I asked if I could take the worksheets, and he said I could. I thanked him. We elbow bumped, and I left. And... Uh, that's basically it, uh, you know, $1,500 uh, bump to cover the $2,400, uh, and he sold it to MSRP to take care of the rest of it. So it's not a good deal. It's bait and switch, and uh, there we are. Yeah. question is, we're going to vote now, and it's always the big question. Uh, this is not an absolute score. Uh, did some things wrong, did some things right. I love the mask. It, that was very right, and you don't see that often enough. And, Hardly at all. Uh, multiple dealer fees. Uh, bait and switch. Every car sales ad is a bait and switch. So we're going to grave on the curve. Do we pass? Do we recommend Edmore's Honda? Or I want to give him a low passing grade. And the only reason there were some mitigating factors, and that was when Josh, at the very least, and he wasn't in finance, it was, it was during the sales process. He says, hey, if you're going to lease the car and get the payments, we're charging you MSRP. You're paying for it. You know, the implication when you see the ad is, hey, they're paying for it. We've been educating people for, for months now saying with these, you know, no payment ads, they're just adding it to the price of the car. At the very least, the salesperson gave that information to yeah. the customer before yeah. they got into finance. Yeah. So uh, I, give them a, a, I give them a D. A D. Okay, Rick, what do you say? Well, so far I've got uh, John Stein in with a D plus. Myself, I'm going to go with a D-plus as well. I think it's a, a passing grade. They pulled the same games, but they did have their hygiene guards in place. And it just seemed like Josh was trying to be a little more honest, saying, hey, this is what the deal is. Yeah. You know, but yeah. He doesn't control the advertising. Well, he works there. They, yeah. they come up with the ads, and uh, he's got to live with it. Uh, Josh did what he had to do. Uh, on a number of levels, uh, I'm just going to give them a D. Yeah, I, I'm going to make it unanimous. I, I want to, and I want to say again to Rick Grogan, the Ed Morris Honda salesperson, uh, that uh, we didn't have a chance to get to your text. And I put Josh in the same ballpark. It's a culture. You you work for the company. The question is, do you think that bait and switch advertising is okay? I don't think anybody could deny that the idea of paying 12 payments. Uh, for for one year, I mean, your first twelve payments was not a bait and switch. Uh, it's 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 it gets in and you find out that you don't get any discounts, uh, you don't get any relief. You don't you buy f the car for a sticker, plus dealer ads, plus dealer fees. That's not a deal. Ooh, I, I have a very historic grade from a longtime listener. 
I think this is the first passing grade I've ever seen from Linda on Facebook. She, <laughs> she gives him a D. Uh. <laughs> are, you sure, are you sure it's not a big fat D, Linda? I just I, I need to know. And also we have a D minus from Terrence on Facebook. Yeah. So we'll put them on the what? recommended list at Morris Honda and uh, Rick, uh, Rich Grogan. I hope you hear about this uh, show. We talked about you. We'll, we'll make it a point to talk next week. Figure we'd love to have you call in. And then you said you would debate me. We can talk about that too. But, Absolutely. But I, I just want you to know that I respect your courage and I respect your opinions. I don't agree with your opinions, but I respect your right to have your opinions. Okay, folks, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And uh, remember, you can go to Earl on Cars and you can download the uh, complaint form. Get that off to the Attorney General. Help us uh, get uh, control of the wild, wild west here. And you can also download uh, my affidavit, the out-the-door price. It'll take you a long way. Have a blessed weekend. We'll see you next week.